February 31st, 2020. This is the first episode of Killers and Creeps. I'm your host, Big Papa. Today's topic are the five scariest serial killers in the Hoosier State. Let's get this thing going. Like I said, folks, this is Killers and Creeps. I'm your host, Big Papa. And let me get out some of the information. If you have a story or something about a murder or a cold case or anything to do with crime and criminals and creeps, please email us at killersandcreeps, that's creeps with a K, killersandcreeps at gmail.com. That's killersandcreeps at gmail.com. Once again, that's spelt out and it's a creeps with a K. Or you can text us at 765 766-4157 and we'll give a voice to your story or if you have any suggested topics for people to look into or read about or study up and get on this show you know about the Hoosier State or out all over the country Um, now today's topic uh, is the top five scariest in the Hoosier State now I didn't assemble the whole list but I did go through several trying to find and there are quite a few <laughs> quite a few serial killers here in indiana you know some everybody knows about and some probably people may not have heard of and that's the you know this show is just to get out there and tell the truth and tell the stories that you know sometimes you know they get shuffled off to the side you know we put a light in the darkness a little bit um we talk about all those type of topics we talk about you know the, the problem with the missing children and all of that um, i'm connected with the center for missing and exploited children and the regulator family in their pursuit of pedophiles on the streets and on the web and we'll be involved in helping expose them and uh, supporting the regulator family in any way we can and if you are interested in getting involved in stopping human trafficking and pedophiles the number the way to contact them is regulatorfamily1 at gmail.com that's regulatorfamily1 at gmail.com now let's go ahead and get on into this all right first person monster whatever you want to call him demon that comes up on the list is a gentleman that goes by the name let's see if y'all know this one all right david most uh he was born in 54 in pennsylvania and uh he died here in pennsylvania in indiana in 2006 uh suffered severe mental health issues he was institutionalized for the first time at nine years old. He went on to sexually abuse and murder at least five known victims, all between the ages of 13 and 19. He was given 35 years in 1994, but was released in 1999 after just four years. Went out, killed more victims, and then was again arrested and resentenced to three consecutive life sentences without the possibility of parole. He died by suicide in an Indiana prison in 2006 when he hung himself with a bed sheet. Good riddance to bad rubbish. Uh, 
um, might have been even too easy for him. I have no sympathy for anybody who hurts young people. It's a shame. Uh, but that's a, that's a mental health issue we have in this country, and we were suffering today. Uh, it's just something that's kind of like shoved under the carpet nobody wants to talk about. But it's getting worse. And uh, with the pandemic and all that, it's really became crazy. Uh, number two is Orville Majors. Now, Orville Majors is a walking nightmare in human skin. He was born in 41, a licensed nurse. However, when he began working for a rural Indiana hospital, the death rate of their patients skyrocketed. Now, you know where that is, right? That's Clinton. Clinton, Indiana. It uh, went from about 20 deaths per year to over 100. And everybody got worried and alarmed. And uh, it was the staff themselves who made the connection between majors joining their team in the sudden unusual deaths. It is widely thought that he was injecting elderly victims who gave him a hard time with potassium chloride, which caused ailments like sudden respiratory or cardiac arrest. He was formally charged with seven murders, found guilty of six, and sentenced to 360 years in prison in October of 1999. It is strongly believed that he had well over 100 victims, with numbers as high as 135 to 145, according to some sources. All right, now, in terms of Indiana serial killers, this guy might be as creepy as it gets. Man, that was out of Clinton, Indiana, the angel of death there. I remember being told about him when I moved here. That, that nursing home there in Clinton. Uh, now, this one right here, we got Eugene Britt. He was born in 57. Uh, he was a, he was fairly, really tall and really scary. Uh, he was severely mentally ill and considered to be developmentally and emotionally disabled. However, he admitted to the murders of anywhere from seven to up to 11 murders in the 1990s. Due to his mental state, he was ineligible for death row. Instead, he was sentenced to 245 years in prison for the rape and murder of several young women and girls. As of the time of this, he's still alive in an Indiana prison. Now, we come to the fourth. Alton Coleman and Deborah Brown. Now, this couple, Alton and uh, Deborah here, were convicted in the 1990s of several brutal rapes and murders. A spree which began in 84 in Wisconsin, the pair murdered women in several Midwest states, including Indiana, and eventually they were apprehended in the Hoosier state as well. Coleman received the death penalty for his vicious role in the murders and was executed by lethal injection in 2002 in Ohio. Deborah, considered to be mentally underdeveloped, had her death sentence commuted to life in prison instead. She's still rotten in jail, probably. Ah, Unbelievable. But what can you do? You know. Now, here's the last one on the list. Okay. This is Herbert Ballmeister, the most infamous probably on this list. Herbert Ballmeister, who murdered at least 27 men he met at gay bars in the 80s and 90s. Some of his victims were buried at his home, right under his frightened and somewhat suspicious wife's nose. We can only imagine the horror she felt in 96 when she allowed police to search their property upon her filing for divorce from Ballmeister. On the property, they found the remains of 11 men. Only eight of them were identified. Ballmeister, knowing full well about the warrant out for his arrest, fled to Canada and committed suicide. Once again, took the easy way out. In his suicide note, he never mentioned his victims, just that his divorce and failing business were the reasons for his death. The guy's a sociopath. 
if you're interested now, okay, now Baumeister, man, he's been, he is a mess. Now, I'm sure I've missed some, okay? And if you know of some, please let me know. That's uh, Killers and Creeps, Creeps with a K at gmail.com. That's Killers and Creeps at gmail.com. I want to keep this list compiled and up to date. Now, Baumeister, this really intrigued me. So I continue to do some restate, restarts. And uh, he was born in Indy, in Indianapolis. And, you know, basically a, just an average childhood. There were no notable instances of questionable circumstances during his upbringing. However, in his early teen years, he began to show signs of aggressive antisocial behavior. And he was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. He would not, however, seek treatment, and his mental health declined until subsequently he began a possibly decades-long rampage that would claim the lives of up to 26 men. Now, he lived in, he eventually settled out there in Westfield where he was married and had children, okay? Uh, it was never a happy marriage. You know, there were serious issues. Baumeister's wife would eventually file a divorce after well over a decade of increasingly strange behavior which would ultimately lead to the discovery of the bodies. Now, during the early to mid-80s, a wave of homicides occurred along Interstate 70. Okay, now that was, and they were wondering if this guy might be tied to that. Now, he said that it has anybody all over. The MO was the same every, okay, wait a minute. During the early mid to mid, I messed this up. I apologize, I'm kind of trying to get in the flow here. During the early to mid-1980s, a wave of homicides occurred along Interstate 70. The killer responsible was nicknamed the I-70 Strangler, now leaving bodies along the highway stretch in Ohio. The M.O. was the same every time. A gay male, younger, strangled to death. Concerned mothers reported their sons missing, but they were never found alive. By this time, Baumeister and his young family had moved into a gorgeous farmhouse, made wealthy from profits from the family business, Okay, they owned a successful local thrift store. They called the place Fox Hollow Farms. Meanwhile, men in the area known to frequent gay bars continued to disappear. Unbeknownst to his wife, Baumeister had begun cruising the gay scenes in Indiana and Ohio, often bringing men home with him right under her nose. Unfortunately, they didn't usually get to leave alive. In 92, a young man named Tony Harris filed a police report stating that a man by the name of Brian Smart had killed a friend of his and tried to kill him. Unfortunately, police were unable to make this connection between Baumeister and his apparent alter ego. For four more years, he would stalk the LGBT communities, choosing and picking off young men as if they were animal prey. Now, as these killings kept going, the Marion County Sheriff's Department began investigating the ever-increasing number of bodies found along I-70, and uh, now in several local rivers as well. Uh, they were aware that they had a serial killer on their hands. However, they were no closer to catching even a break, let alone the guy they were looking for. Now, this changed in 95 when Tony Harris filed that, you know, still and he was still very adamant, you know, and searching for that man. And uh, he spotted Baumeister's car lurking around local gay bars close to the one where they had met. He collected the license plate number and sent the information along to the police. From there... Herb Baumeister was identified as the owner of the vehicle. Now, a detective, you know, confronted Baumeister at his store, asking him pointed questions about the disappearance of several young men in Indiana and Ohio. Now, Baumeister was undaunted, however. Now, they just, that's one thing about these sociopaths and these schizophrenic, they, 
man, they're the only ones they say can fool like a, a lie detector test because they believe their stories. And uh, he was undaunted and suggested that she go through his lawyers next time. Now, determined to bring the likely killer to justice, the detective then contacted Miss Baumeister, who, after some coaxing, granted permission for investigators to search Fox Hollow Farms shortly after he filed for her divorce. Well, now we got a little bit of the middle of the podcast here, uh, kind of in the middle of that story. We're going to take a minute to uh, shout out some local businesses and let everybody know that if you would like to advertise on the show, you can contact us at burningbridges0317 at gmail.com, burningbridges0317 at gmail.com, or at killersandcreeps at gmail.com. And uh, we can work something out. Uh, these We also do the shout-outs and all that. And, uh, and on our other podcast, The Burning Bridges Show, is where we do restaurant reviews and stuff like that and cover local issues and statewide issues and nationwide issues. Uh, now, what I want to do is just take a moment to mention some of the fine businesses that sure have made my life easier. Number one being Patton's Full Service in Kingman, Indiana. Now, Patton's, James there, you know, it's just a great, great business. Yeah, fuel, oil changes, snacks, many other things. And he's just a good person and on it. He runs it the way a business used to be run. It's old school. It's old fashioned. And it's just a great place. That's Patton's Full Service in Kingman, Indiana. I'd also like to take a second to shout out to Red and White here in Kingman, our grocery store. And we're blessed to have a local grocery store. And, uh, and holding up against the Dollar General down the road. And uh, the manager there, Chris, and Carol and the deli, and all the fine people who work there. They've just been great to myself and my family. And when I had my family here, and they're just a fantastic local business. And I hope everybody gets out there to support them. And just like the Burning Bridges show, we are actively involved in ending veteran suicide. We lose 22 veterans a day to suicide. And that's definitely 22 too many. If you want to get involved, find out what you can do. Just get involved. There's great groups out there like Mission 22 is the best. That's the one I support. It's a group called Mission 22. And uh, get involved and stop that. Now, my veteran brothers and sisters. Listen to your friend here, your brother. You're important. We need you. No matter how much you might feel like, reach out. All right, we're here. I would much rather listen to you rant and rave for an hour than 10 minutes of a eulogy. And uh, if it's just not, you need help, and you just reach out. And there's a veteran suicide hotline. And that number is one 800 273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. Reach out. We need you. You're my family, and we love you. Reach out. Now, that's kind of a downer to end it on, but I wanted to get that out. And once again, shout out to Patton's Full Service and uh, the Kingman Red and White. Like I said, if you want to advertise on the show, uh, we can give you more like distribution numbers and things like that, you know, through email. And that's burningbridges0317 at gmail.com is the primary. Or at the show's email, Kingman, I mean, <laughs> killers and creeps, creeps with a K at gmail.com. Now we are going to work it out. Let's get back to the show. 
Now, as we're coming back in towards the end of the podcast, we were talking about the, uh, him. What they went on to do was to investigate his farm, found 11 bodies, and he found out in advance that there was a warrant for his arrest, and he ran to Canada where he committed suicide. And that was the end of that one. Now, we would like to get further into more and more stories. Uh, if you have one you'd like to hear told or one that we, or a really interesting one or one that we may have missed, please contact us. And once again, that's killersandcreeps at gmail.com. That's killersandcreeps at gmail.com. And that creeps is spelled with a K. Uh, please like and follow the podcast. Uh, it doesn't cost you anything, but does the world for us. And we will get better and better as we go along. Thank you all very much. And as always, stay black.